Yeah, all right. Now just repeat after me. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished upon me that I should be called a child of God. And that is what I am. First John, chapter 3, verse 1. That's you. Believe it and walk in it. Praise God. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you can go ahead and, and have a seat. Glory to God. Thanks, you guys. Wonderful, wonderful. People ask all the time, what does a win look like here at Summit Church? A win looks like a transformed life. And you just witnessed a testimony of a transformed life. Uh, did you hear again and again how Ethan expressed the people that are influencing his life? It was a person that influenced Michael Duscoli, and that's the reason I came to faith. If, if we were to ask for a show of hands, how many people made that decision because of a sermon or a, or a camp or a retreat or, or some kind of a revival meeting or something like this, if you would compare that to how many people made a decision for Christ because of someone God put in their path, it's amazing how it just dominates it's because of someone that was put in a person's path. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I want to thank Reuben from Holland. Once a year, we get him on piano. Glory to God for him. Thank you, bro. Yeah, great to have you part of this. Uh, and then last week, today we have a second-time guest that's here that we failed to, uh, to point out last week. I just want to welcome Titus Alsom up there this morning. There he is, the little guy. See him there? The grandpa and grandma. Now... Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, did Stacy have help this morning? Because uh, she's getting four boys ready so that uh, James can play drums and piano. Isn't that cool? Yeah, if you had a hard time getting here today, here's Stacy with the four boys, okay? Yeah, yeah. So wait, I've got it wrong. It's not Titus and Grandma and Grandpa. Those are the uh, mainland parents. There were Stacy. Oh, sorry. Okay, leave it to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> there we go, there we go. Seems like I have more things I want to celebrate today, but, but God is really, really on the move. I'm Pastor Michael, lead pastor here at Summit. Excited to be here today. Uh, yeah, as we are in the second week of the series, Becoming. I just want to pause because I feel like there's something I'm missing that I need to speak to. Oh, I'm going to let it go and just trust. We'll just move on. Okay, good deal. So becoming, what would you like to become in, in this year, 2018? Hopefully it has something to do with a life that is becoming as opposed to a life that isn't so becoming. One looks really good on you, the other not so good. And it's, it's really about distinguishing that which is beautiful and pleasing to God as opposed to so, something less. And, and hopefully it's rooted in and growing in this understanding of becoming more like Christ. And we heard testimony to that today, becoming more like Christ. What are you becoming? What would you like to become? And how will you get there? So the text is Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 8 and 9. It challenges us to consider what we are feeding our minds and then to make sure that we're feeding out the right stuff, then putting that into practice. So let's look at this verse together, these verses. Finally, brothers, 
Finally, sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, 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 think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice. So I just want you to see the condition of the promise right here. What are you feeding your mind? Is it the right stuff? Is it changing behavior? And then attached to that is this valuable promise. The verse goes on. And the God of peace, the God of peace, the very source of peace, will be with you. Think, think, think. Please make note. The Bible actually commands us to use our minds. Even though some would say otherwise, the Bible tells us to use our minds. The Greek word for that is the word logizomai. It looks a whole lot like our English word logic. Use your logic. Use your mind. Pay attention to what you're feeding your mind. Being intentional to be sure you have the right diet, the God diet. And the benefit is the appropriation of peace. Not just peace, but the source of peace being with you. An old adage goes like this, 5% of people think, 15% think they think, and 80% would rather die than think. Right? Yeah. Stop making me think. It's killing me. Right? Yeah, we know what that's all about. There's just one problem with that. Whether we're intentional in our thinking or not, our minds are going to process hundreds, even thousands of thoughts every single day the human brain the human mind will set itself upon something will we give our mind the direction that god has given us the capacity of giving it giving it the right right kind of direction so just think for a, for a moment here good question does anybody believe that what we feed our minds is important and why why is it important and why verse says think on these things why is that important why is it important to you there were six kids in my family growing up uh, the two eldest were, were girls when i came into their world one was eight years old uh, another 10 years old and if you ever get the impression that michael descoli is a spoiled brat then you can blame it on them Okay, you bring a cute, cuddly little guy like me into the world <laughs> of eight and ten-year-old girls, and he's sure to quickly become the royal prince of the house. Yeah, that's me. So when I married Valerie, she was shocked that I'd never washed a dish in my life. You know, washing dishes by hand, some of you don't know what that's about, yeah. Never washed a dish, there was no reason for me to start learning at that point. <laughs> another downside <laughs> what did I miss there Valerie oh everybody's watching you what'd you do oh she's oh yeah I, yeah right help us all help her she's saying help me help me Jesus right another downside of bringing a little guy into a situation like this is that it isn't going to be long until he's going to want to be doing what the older siblings are doing so when my sisters were, were 15 years old, 13 years old, and then my older brother, 11 years old, they developed this little family tradition. Friday nights, 
they would get our best family quilt, lay it there in front of the television set, pop popcorn to watch Tucson's own late night horror show, Dr. Scar's Chiller. <laughs> Little organ music would be nice right there. Frankenstein, Dracula, creature from the Black Lagoon. Now, I think most of you are smart enough to know what that's going to do in the mind of a little guy. I mean, the crazy thing is my family would laugh at me when they'd see me scared, right, scared to death. But then they wondered why I was having so much trouble going to bed at night, staying in the dark. Yeah, no question there. And I just say that because let's be honest, what we feed our minds affects who we become. It, it really does. Proverbs 23, 7, King James Version says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah, and that's been used in so many places. It's influenced great books. I mean, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. Dale Carnegie said, If I know what you think, I would know what you are. Our thoughts make us who we are. Emerson a man is what he thinks about all day long. Gary Collins, it, is, it doubtless is true that people become what they think about. Think, 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 think. It's all here. It's a challenge to each of us to be intentional about our spiritual, our mental diets. It affects what we will become in 2018. So in 2018, becoming more intentional in our thinking. Whether you reach your goal or not, can be found right here. So here's an interesting synonym for, for the word think. It's the word muse. Muse. It's, it's to become absorbed in thought, meditate, or, or to consider something carefully and thoroughly. It's a word that actually comes to us from ancient Greek, Greek mythology. It was used to describe one of nine goddesses, potentially the daughters of, of Zeus. They were muses. These nine, right? And each of them had a particular attribute that reflected an aspect of art and science. So these goddesses were all about thought and creativity. That's what they represented. Now today, muse has come to mean ponder, to think, to consider, to meditate, to reflect. However, if you give it the prefix a... You destroy it of all its meaning, not muse, but a muse. And that's really what the entertainment world is built on, whether we recognize it or, or not. Instead of our being intentional in the creativity and the thinking that God has designed us for, our minds become passive sponges that receive whatever the authors or producers or directors or athletes or, or whatever, actors, whatever they want us to hear. Let them do our thinking for us. Amuse me, please. Huh. Yeah. So I, I brought this bottle of Pepsi. I'm, I'm uh, not wanting to open it because we're not supposed to have food or drink in the auditorium, and I just know if I open it that something bad's going to happen, right? But if I take this Pepsi and I pour it into this bowl, right? So now we have this bowl of Pepsi, and then I take this sponge and I stick it in the Pepsi, right? And, and, and then I go to wring it out. 
I, I hate to disappoint all of you true Coloradans, but it's not going to be Mountain Dew that comes out of this sponge. <laughs> if, if I soak the sponge in Pepsi, it's Pepsi that's going to come back. And that's exactly the way it works with, with the human mind. Whatever we receive passively from the airwaves or, 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 or the, or the um, most um, passionate of speakers, that's what, what our minds are absorbing. By the way, someone pointed out to me something that happened this week um, that I think is worth sharing with you. I emphatically made a prophecy this summer, and, and in that I expressed appreciation for uh, the Beatles and their music because I've memorized more Beatles music than any music. But I did state that I hate the song Imagine, okay, and that it's the spirit of Antichrist. This, this song is, is done, and John even went to the place of calling himself Jesus. And I said, you watch in the latter days... The song Imagine is going to become the theme song of the nations, okay? Now, I don't want to take away from uh, what is happening in the Olympics, and I value the coming together of nations, but I do need to tell you that part of the opening ceremonies, the song Imagine was sung, okay? And that song is going to become more and more important, I'm convinced, yeah, now, this is all about the mind, and what we need to realize is that there's a very real enemy who wants to keep our minds so focused and so occupied on, on junk that we really have no time to consider the stuff that is really important. This enemy is, is a taskmaster, and, and to see this, you have to consider the Hebrew slaves, and you have to look at the ancient pyramids there in Egypt, because they serve us as, as a reminder that those Hebrews came to a place under the direction of Moses that they wanted some time to go and worship their God. And in bringing that to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's like, hey, if you have time to think about worshiping God, then we must not be keeping you busy enough. So we're going to increase your labor. We're going to make your task more difficult. And, and there's those pyramids, they stand forever as a reminder to anyone who see it, there is a very real taskmaster that wants to get us passive in our thinking, preoccupied with stuff, so we don't have time to think about the stuff that matters. Yet here we are in our text today, and it says, be intentional, and then it gives us these eight things that we really should be intentional on. That which is true, that which is noble, that which is right, that which is pure, that which is lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. And so then I think about me as, as a preacher here. Do you realize that I have the capacity to go from one who causes musing to one who do, does nothing more than amuses? And, I, and one of the great compliments I get in this is when someone comes back to me and says, man, that passage you taught on last week, it, that, that just caused me to have to go home and look at it for myself. <laughs> yeah, if I can just get you into the Word, right? Yeah, so that you're learning to feed from the very Word of God, receiving the fresh bread uh, that He has to offer you. What we think, what we think on, what we feed our minds on affects what we are becoming, and the end result, according to the text, is uh, the God of peace. It's about trading feelings of fear, feelings of agitation, conflict, desperation, doubt, edginess, tension, trouble, uncertainty, 
unrest and worry for feelings of assurance, calmness, confidence, heart ease, serenity, tranquility. Man, I like this stuff. So last week we looked at the, these first two words. We looked at the word truth. And uh, in, in that we recognize that if there's truth, then there has to be a lie. There has to be a lie somewhere. Uh, the lie is like the dirt on the ground. It's everywhere. It abounds. The truth is more like gold. If you want it, you got to look. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is about recognizing that truth and coming and feeding, feeding our souls, filling our souls with the good stuff God has to offer us. The second word we looked at was the word noble, or the better word is honest here. And the only way we can ever become sincere people, honest to ourselves and true to ourselves, is when we're at the place where we are going to be God-pleasers rather than people-pleasers. Okay, If you're going to be a people-pleaser, you've got to have a collection of masks. And, and in every instance, you've got to make a decision what mask do you need to put on in order to best accommodate the person you happen to be with at the moment? Friends, that's not going to feed peace. It's going to destroy peace because pretty soon you're just playing games, playing games. So this is about being intentional on that stuff that pleases God. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, I encourage you to listen to this online. It's there um, for you. And uh, then, then now today, let's go on to these second words, uh, the word right and the word pure. Set your mind on that which is right. Another word would be the word just. Awesome. Where's my water? Take a break. <clears throat> Very good. One of my all-time favorite revelations, when I heard the words, it's never wrong to do the right thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing. It's easy to agree with that, but, but think, have you ever been in a situation where you knew the right thing to do, but you weren't sure whether you should do it or not? Because, I mean, maybe it won't be appreciated. Maybe it'll be misunderstood. Maybe it will offend. Maybe it will cause someone to question motives. But like the Nike commercial says, you know, just do it because it's never wrong to do the right thing. Step outside your comfort zone uh, and just do it. Uh, too often, we get hung up on, on stuff like this is going to make me uncomfortable. Doing the wrong thing might make somebody else. Doing the right thing might make somebody else uncomfortable. It, it, it might not make me look good or, or fit in. It might take away from my forward motion for as far as employment and such like this. But I have to point you to Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, you know, um, the people brought Jesus to him to have him crucified. And Pontius Pilate had already said, I, there's no grounds for this. But instead of standing firm and doing the right thing, Pontius Pilate simply did the comfortable thing. He said, you know what? I wash my hands of this. In fact, Pontius Pilate is forever going to carry this with him, the fact that he failed to do the right thing. 
Now, on the flip side of that, we have Joseph of Arimathea. He did the right thing. He knew how despised Jesus was at this point, yet he put his personal comfort, personal safety, and his own life on the line as he boldly asked for the body of Jesus in order that he might provide the right burial. Joseph of Arimathea will never regret having done the right thing. It's never wrong to do the right thing. I have a little video. Let's get that video Set up. I want you. I would introduce you to an awesome guy, a 90-year-old vet, lives in Florida, and uh, see. Let's see how he did the right a thing. A 90-year-old World War II veteran has been arrested in Florida. Let's crank it up. Feeding homeless people. I felt a hand on my arm, and the police officer was there, and he said, "Drop that plate right away, right now," uh, as though it was a weapon I had in my hand. <laughs> Why is he being arrested? Answering that question, Arnold Abbott, along with two ministers, were apparently violating new legislation in Florida. The law restricts the feeding of homeless people in an attempt to tackle the growing problem of homeless people. And as for Arnold Abbott, who runs the charity that's been handing out food for years, he now faces two months in prison. However, a pending court hearing didn't stop him from coming back to the streets again, where he was then detained for a second time. We talked to him just before that. I fought in World War II. I was a combat infantryman for two and a half years. And I've spent 50 years fighting for civil rights for the minorities in this country. And I'm not, I don't have the slightest fear of being arrested. Uh, the only thing I'm aware of and, and concerned about is that there will be nobody to feed the homeless outdoors which is what I do and what I intend to keep doing as long as there's breath in my body. I have been feeding the homeless for 23 years outdoors, and uh, they have made it impossible. And Denise Nawe, the host of the program In the Now. All right, that's it. That's what I wanted you to say. Good for him, huh? Yeah, doing the right thing. He's doing, doing the right thing, doing the right thing. So uh, this is credited to Mother Teresa. It's, it's valuable. There's actually an earlier rendition of it, but these words were actually found inscribed on her, on her wall. So I, I just want to share it with you. It's called Do It Anyway. Uh, people are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, same, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway give the best you have and it will never be enough give your best anyway in the final analysis it is between you and god it was never between you and them anyway so i, I hope you get the idea here right it's never wrong to do the right thing this is about getting our thoughts and our minds and our actions beyond our personal comfort but beyond that which is just going to, you know, be applauded by everybody. You know, that might slow us down in our professional track because we are people who are putting our minds on the right stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, I think we got it. I think we got it. Second thing is to set our minds on that which is, is clean. So as we walk through this broken, fallen, messed up world, we can't help but to step in the mud every once in a while, right? Yeah, but it's just mud, and, and it's, it's just on our shoes, and, and it can easily be cleaned off. I, uh, we, we have a, a little guest staying at our house. Our, our daughter Carly is currently home with us for, a, for a, t- a time, and she brought this little animal with her, a little 10-pound butterfly-eared uh, thing. And, uh, you know, must have been nervous that first night because it wasn't very long until, you know, uh, something really stinks. Carly, help. Well, you know, bless her heart, she was, she was right there. Right, right there. She's looking around. Dad, I don't see it anywhere. Have you looked on the bottom of your shoes? So I did. I, you know, I took a look, and sure enough, there it was. So I kicked my shoes off, and I thought I'd finish up what I was doing and, and then go deal with the shoes, right? What I didn't realize was as I sat in that bar stool, I'd been scraping my shoes, Right? So now I set my stocking, my socks on the bar. I, I could feel it, you know. We're, yeah, so yuck. So, you know, so, so now I take my, my, my socks off and I pile them on top of my shoes. And uh, I, I think, well, I'll, some of you are covering your noses. Come on, man, you're into it. It's really something. Uh, I, so, I, so I take my socks, I pile them on top of my shoes, uh, now I want to deal with this mess, so I jump off the bar stool and I land in the source. Get the picture, right? But, but I've got really good news here. The real problem has very little to do with the stuff that gets on our shoes. The old timers used to say, you know, you can't help the, the, but the, the birds that the birds fly over your head, but you can keep them from building nests in your hair, you know, kind of thing. Well, hey, you can't help what gets on your shoes, but you can certainly help what's getting into your heart. And what gets into your heart is directly proportional to what you feed your mind. And I think we've all heard expressions like dirty mind, dirty minded, nasty, those kinds of things. And, and I don't have to go into a whole bunch of detail to define for you what that's all about. You know what it is. We just have to ask questions. We just have, have to ask questions. Where does your mind go? Where does my mind go when we start to talk about the nasty stuff and the dirty stuff that we expose ourselves to? Uh, when no one else is around and in those idle moments, what is your default thought mode. Where's your mind going? And all of that shows us how desperate we are to feed our minds on the right stuff. And the right stuff is the Word of God. And the right stuff is Jesus Christ. Think, think, think. Think, think, think. Think, think, think. But I'm not here to preach legalism to you. I'm here to get you to the cross of Jesus Christ. Because what all of this shows us is how desperately we need a Savior. And it begins when we turn there. Have you had that moment? Have you come to that place of calling upon the name of the Lord so that you can be saved? If not, let today be your beginning. 
Because all the determination in the world is only going to frustrate you. It's only going to defeat you because determination is there to point you to your need for a Savior. And, and you've maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long, long time. And you're still struggling with the same stuff. And I'm here to tell you that the reason you're beating yourself up is because you think if you could just muster up the right strength or just get the right thing going in your life, that you can get this right and you can impress God. And I'm here to tell you that moment you put your faith in Christ is the same place that you need to live in today in order to find your victory. That's why we have those words, all 